0: My goodness, I am so, so excited because <laughs> we are back with another episode of Super Women Can. And we've got an amazing person who has joined us. But before I introduce this amazing superwoman, before I introduce her, what I want to remind you is that the Super Women Can podcast has been created. Because we're smashing concrete ceilings. We're changing the narrative that says that we can't because we know that we can, because superwomen can. And we know that we're spinning lots of plates. We're doing lots of things. but We can have amazing, successful, elevated careers that we ever dreamt of. More money, more, more holidays, more time with family, more balance. And we can have it right now because we deserve it. Now, I'm going to bring you a special guest who's going to tell you just how she's done it and how you can do it, too. So without further ado, uh, I want to just introduce Sophie. Sophie, please introduce yourself.
1: Tell us all about you. I love it. I love the intro. Thank you so much. And it's been an absolute, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. My name is Sophie and I'm an award-winning trauma-informed confidence coach and mental and emotional well-being practitioner. So yes, talking about women of colour, I am a British-born Chinese and have lived and studied and worked across the globe in countries such as France, China, Canada, of course, the UK, and now I'm based in Singapore. So I help professional, high-achieving international women, particularly from Asian cultures, to feel fully confident within their skin and to own their voice, to fully express truthfully of who they are and what they stand for through trauma informed positive psychology coaching so that's who I am and yeah I do it through various modalities as well so that's me in a nutshell
0: yeah wow thank you sophie yeah. i'm actually really interested to find out more about you know trauma like how i know you said trauma informed what what does that mean tell us like just tell us how does that actually work I'm guessing yeah,
1: absolutely so as a trauma informed coach i really delve into the trauma recovery and emotional healing of my clients so what that means is that i mean if we're looking at the lens of cultural nuances as well that's another level of nuance that has been put onto us as yes. well so just simply put trauma is the way in which we have been brought up there may have been certain events that have made us feel very unsafe within our bodies so a lot of people think that trauma is something big like you have to go to war or you know have s- sexual abuse and stuff like that which is definitely trauma but it can be as simple as when you were younger this is very typical of Asian culture as well, where, you know, your parents just tell you like, okay, just do as I say. And, you know, they shout at you, that's kind of emotional abuse that may make you feel unsafe at the age of very young age, so that, you know, you perceive it as a traumatic event. So it's not really the event that actually happens, but it's the way in which you perceived the event to make you feel unsafe, and that is what a traumatic event is. So if that happens on a regular basis, consistently, so say for example your mom left you without telling you why and it was just like a 30 minute you know grocery shop and that consistently happened on a regular basis. You may have interpreted it as you are unloved and you don't um, your mom doesn't love you and therefore it impacts the way you behave in certain circumstances, even in your relationships to this day as an adult. It's very fascinating stuff because as an adult, you know, logically, you're perfectly okay. But as a child, you may not necessarily feel that way. And there is this part of us, those like self-talk kind of voices in your head that kind of sabotages you. And those are coming from and stemming from your past um, experiences as well.
0: Wow, so as a mother of six children, I know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're quite young, they, they are really young, but this is quite interesting for me, because I'm like, I don't want to traumatize my children in any way, and one of the things that I, you know, when you, you know, you're dropping them off to nursery, and they're like, I don't want to go, mommy. I don't want to be here, and you're like, okay, you're gonna have a good day, it's gonna be amazing, remember you play with that doll, and I know that it's very different the way I probably do it than what my parents probably did it like yeah there, see you, or run off and <laughs> you know run off and you're like where are you mommy? Where's my mommy gone? and you sit there in the corner crying because your mom's disappeared and I know that I try my best to explain it you know explain why they're going why I'm leaving but they still may cry is that you know it's interesting because I'm thinking am I traumatizing my kids because they're like I still don't want to go in, Mummy. What do you do? I'm just worrying I might traumatise my kids. You made me think, oh, my days I'm
1: traumatising. Oh my dear! Kids. I <laughs> hope I didn't seem that way. The, the only I always tell my my clients who are parents, the only way that you can do, you know, help them through, is just by doing your best. Right? There's no way that you can avoid any sort of you know events because you can't control the way in which they interpret it you know that particular event right so it's okay you can only do your best to hold a safe space for them and I always tell my clients who are parents that it's really important to just you know, ensure that they have a safe environment, a loving environment, you know, a stable environment where they feel the love and they feel seen and they feel heard. And I mean, six children is a lot Mm -hmm. of children. And I'm like, hats off, you are definitely a superwoman (laughs) and superwoman can because you're juggling thousand and one balls, Samantha. So, um, you know, you can only do your best. And of course you want them to be independent children to be able to navigate their emotions and their behaviors but they also need to take responsibility for themselves and to have their own experiences because each and every individual will have their journey to you know, learn certain lessons and overcome their own obstacles as well. And that's what I say to my clients that you can only do your best for your children. And the most important thing is if you are working on yourself, you know, that's that's the key to creating a safe environment because if you're doing the inner work as well as your partner is doing the inner work and you're demonstrating what a healthy relationship is, that is the most important thing um, that you can do for your children, yeah.
0: Oh, I absolutely love it. For those who are mothers or soon-to-be mothers or carers or, you know have any care and responsibility this is going to be quite vital because I'm going to talk I'm going to move it on to ourselves but I really want to yeah. talk we have children and we want to do the best by them and it's something I say in my coaching as well which is because we're spinning so many plates and depending on your culture you know in the black community for particularly it yeah. tends to be and most to be honest it the woman takes the brunk of their child care responsibilities and also yeah. I was reading some a study that said that um it's 800 percent 800 percent the that children give you their emotional baggage to the woman because that's where they feel the safest 800 (laughs) percent I tell my husband that I like the you know the kids are giving me 800 percent difference to what they give to you (laughs) Percent. like yeah yeah quantify that but what I find is that what you've just said is so perfect do the best. I always say, put on your own mask, your own, you know, you like, you know, when you're in a plane. Yes. Traveling like before you put your children's, please attend to yourself.
1: Absolutely. Please make sure you 100%. put that mask
0: on yourself. And that's what it reminds you of when you're saying about, you know, being trauma informed, put, look after you first, then you can look after and do the best for your children. And I love what you just said about create safe spaces where they feel loved yeah. and accepted and belonged, belonging, and make sure your partner has that. They see that loving relationship. And I think as well, culturally, and I don't know if that's the same in your culture as well, and it yeah. would be good to hear, how does that show up? Like, how does that show up in adulthood if we and and have cultures that are not expressive as Western cultures? Like African culture, I know they're oh, not <laughs> They're not expressive like that. I'm from my my culture, my personal culture. I'm and my is is Caribbean. They may be overly expressive, <laughs> a bit too much, like the opposite version. And then I've got I'm married to an African, who isn't is completely. They don't express that that love and that tenderness. Yeah. because that's just not culturally the norm there. So I'm not sure about in in your culture particularly, but I'm interested. Yeah. To know how does that translate when we have different cultures?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because I was brought up with very uh, Asian parents and they were not expressive at all. So that gets passed down to the next generation but, and the way in which I had to break through those challenges as well. In Asian culture, we're very much quite reserved. And not very expressive and that's why a lot of the women that come to me they have challenges you know speaking up for what they need and who they are to know exactly how to express themselves truthfully of what they want at that point of time because we've been taught to be respectful of you know, elders, which is great because I think that's a great value to have. But there's a difference between respect and obedience, right? Obedience is I say, you do, and there's no questions about it, right? So there's this whole collective in- mentality, whereas in Western culture, it's very much, okay, I'm an individual, I will question you. And if you're if it doesn't make sense, I will ask you questions um, to get to the bottom of it. Asian culture is a bit different. You just follow the rules and don't go outside of the box kind of thing. So yeah, it's interesting when it comes to like romantic relationships as well, how that plays out. And a a lot of the clients that come to me actually have challenges, especially the women, to speak up to their partners and create those healthy boundaries, because they tend to feel as if they are giving too much of themselves, or they just don't know where they're going in their lives, like whether it's in their relationships with family, friends, or their partners. And Also, additionally, with their careers, because if you are not able to know, if you're told consistently, I say you do, then who are you then?
0: (laughs) Wow. So now we're moving to how does that show up? As I know, you've said about that. I say you do. That is definitely how I got brought up. I say not do as I. Uh, say not as I do that yes you know, that's like, it. well what? <laughs> you said I can't have chocolate for you're eating chocolate you know that kind of thing <laughs> and uh, so well how does that show up in terms of us as individuals now because we we have been imprinted like you said we we face yeah. different formers and this is now like I said gone down to our generation and we've got to kind of be the chain breaker for for our children I Absolutely. guess
1: so
0: how how does that show up and how and what can we do
1: yeah. So it reminds me of your question about, you know, the definition of success, right? What, what is success? Yeah. Right? Cause we've always been told, you know, sold this whole dream of, okay, you know, you, you earn your, your, your mega bucks, you know, you have to, I don't know about your culture, but in my culture, in Asian, in especially in Asian cultures, it's very much you have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and the typical, okay, when you are five years old, you start playing the piano or, you know, some sort of beautiful instrument, which I think is great values, by the way. I mean, in terms of music and stuff like that, but do you really have to be a certain way, you know, according to following the rules and be a doctor be a lawyer or an engineer you know is that really the definition of success and do you really have to have you know a mansion for example you know that that whole idea of let's be a crazy rich asian (laughs) (laughs) you know i joke with my father okay i will do my phd and then you'll have a doctor you know what i mean yeah. So let's get married and have children you know and a lot of my clients they're just like following the rules you know as they've been sold this idea that okay you know i need to be the best you know and that's great value but what is the best to you
0: yeah right?
1: what is success to you, because some people success is just being content with, you know, like a nine to five job, you know, or in, in my case, my my dreams were to really make an impact and not necessarily earn mega bucks you know it's just i'm happy with paying my expenses and then being able to travel the world for example that kind of thing what does that mean to you because a lot of times when you are following within the lines of this oversold dream of or dream per se you know you're just a robot in the in the cog you know, of the machine. And so that's what I see. It's like really impacting my clients because they don't know who they are. They don't know what they want and they don't know where the boundaries fit are for themselves. And so it, you become a robot and you just feel frustrated and you feel like as if there is something missing in your life and you want more. Some people don't. They just go with it you know and they don't realize but yes it is you know our responsibility to create a better future for this generation and next generation exactly what you said to break the cycle i like to call it the cycle breaker revolution because you are we are really revolting against (laughs) what was passed down from our you know, many generations above us. You know, the the science behind it is actually a lot of the trauma can be passed down from seven generations above us. And it is within our genes. Scientifically, it can be passed down through our genes. It can be passed down, of course, through our behaviors and our cultures as well. And that's really quite a powerful thing to know. And I never realized why, you know, knowing your ancestors or your your heritage is so important. But talking about, you know, cultures and women of color and all that, it's really essential to know where we come from because, well, of course, it's our, our family unit, but it's also because you want to know what they've been experiencing in their past and understanding how to make a a better future for yourself to break those generational traumas and for the next generations to come.
0: Wow that's powerful there's so much to unpick there (laughs) and I don't know where to start but I'm going to start with the question you talked about with which was about success because I ask a question, some people are like, oh, I don't feel successful. I bring successful women onto this platform to interview them. And the question I have, well, I'm not really successful. And can I ask you the question? If I was like your 17-year-old self, that same question, are you successful? I'm asking you that question.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely feel like I've really, you know, if I were to ask uh, my seventeen-year-old self, like whether I'm successful today, I would definitely say yes because I I feel to me the journey of success is to know oneself really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's I, not
1: about material stuff for me.
0: I love that. I remember the responsibility, I feel, especially as women of colour as well, is that we have a responsibility for those who are coming behind us, those who are looking at us. So when I was younger, my 17-year-old self, I remember that success question, wondering, I didn't have that many ambitions. I just wanted to survive because I came from a disadvantage, you know, from poverty. There was no real push for us, as you know, we, we didn't have it. It was... I was already successful by every step I took, if that makes sense. So then it was how do you dream bigger than what you are? So yeah. my 70 started to dream, started to dream bigger. And I am, I have sup- surpassed all my expectations of what I could ever have imagined. I decided that I wanted to have a particular goal. I went for it, surpassed it, lived in different countries. I've done more than I've ever seen anyone in my generation or people wow. that were- have ever done I do things I push the boundaries all the time mm. anything I I went up a mountain the other, um, last year and I don't know anyone that's gone up a mountain like just randomly said right I'll do a <laughs> like, I love it. So, honestly I don't know anyone someone invited me to throw myself out of a plane it's only because I'm on holiday at that time that I've decided not to do it and it's not to be <laughs> <successful>. <laughs> yeah it's not to be successful it's not because I'm I'm I am like, oh, my goodness, I want to do the next high energy thing. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's because there is no one I know that looks like me that is doing that. And I want to push a new boundary to say I can. You know, when you know that you've come from nothing or and you have to create this version and there are people general genuine people and my little people my little kids that are looking at me and seeing me as a role model I want them to feel that they can do and be anything they want to be and then and past material so you mentioned about the material do you want a mansion yes I want a mansion not because it means I've been successful I am successful because I've yeah. got kids I think it takes a mansion to fill that home. like it's I want <laughs> them kids. to have Six kids and 11. they're going to be like my, yes. my family, they're all very tall, like six footers. I want them to have space, like, I want, yeah,
1: yeah, space. yeah. I want them
0: to give me space after all these years. <laughs> so, yeah, I do, but it's not because of success, it's because, like I said, but that will be successful to other people. I know that that dream will happen because I know I'll make it happen. But yeah. for other people looking in, they'll see it as a success indicator so I, I agree that you have to create your success indicators for yourself I'm looking at my vision board and saying my success indicators don't have it's not money it's simple things like going to eat nice food like I love food like I love food so sitting down and saying I want to try something I've never tried before Like I've been China I love China and I love Chinese food in China no. yeah I love it <laughs> I don't like it in England. I think it's been westernized or something's changed about it. It's just not the same. It doesn't taste. And depending on where you go in China, there's different types of food, different places. And I get that. It just doesn't taste the same here. But my point is, I just wanted to, whoever's listening, the people who are listening, think of success for yourself, just as you said, Sophie. Yeah. Identify it for yourself. Now, the other thing that you said is about the, I don't know, the part about the trauma and identifying it for you i love that i love that you can look at anything that you have and ultimately if it can disappear if it can be thrown away that is not success if it can be taken away that's not success it has to be you and the Mm -hmm. fact that you've said that your success is the the best version of yourself is just so inspiring now how tell me because we haven't really we haven't really unpicked you so I want to find out more about you as a person and what you've been through so I know you've grown up here in Britain
1: yeah
0: how that journey was and what you how what traumas you've overcome to be successful
1: yeah, so it's been quite a journey, like anyone, and everybody has their own personal experience. But yeah, I was born in the UK, in in Norfolk, of all places. And it was because of my father, who is or was in the oil and gas industry previously. And my father really came from next to nothing. He's actually from Mauritius, and, you know, he's Chinese descent. But we really came from zero. And I haven't experienced that to the degree in which he has. But he always tells me stories about how it was back then, you know, being the minority of uh, Chinese population. Because in Mauritius, it's 1% out of the whole population are Chinese (laughs) descents. Versus, you know, like having colonialism in is in Mauritius as well so they were white colonial people there as well so yeah he really came from next to nothing and then he really built himself himself up but yeah we ended up in, in Norfolk and that was where I was born and I mean I was always brought up in western culture but because of how he was brought up and how he is Chinese descent, you know, I find that a lot of, you know, Asians or people who are immigrants, you know, they really attach themselves to their culture because it is a sense of belonging and identity and they don't really want to let go of that. And so it's been a big influence between the Western culture and the Asian culture within my identity as well. So, I mean, we moved very quickly to China because of a job opportunity in the 80s. And when I was there, you know, I, I had such a fantastic time. I was only like two, three. Yeah. But um, since I was young, I always knew what my purpose was. And it, it's interesting because my mom always tells me about this story. You know, when um, I was younger, she used to ask me, like, what was my purpose? And what am I here for? And I would just there was one moment where I giggled and told her, look, mommy, in my baby language, like three or four years old, I'm here to help people. And I knew that from a very young age. And it was like, just uh, uh, I've always had that deep inner knowing, you know, since a child, you know, that I was here to serve people. And that's like, kind of what has propelled me since I was younger right and talking about that it's just like we actually moved consistently every two or three years to different countries and it gave me the depth and the exposure of different cultures but also it didn't really give me enough time talking about trauma To process that as a child, when you move country to country, it's actually a grieving process, you know, because you're leaving a life behind, right, that you've built before. And so I didn't realize that when I was younger. And so, yeah, I kind of lost my way along the way of experiencing a lot of traumatic experiences. But I never really forgot that, you know, I was very much like a people person. Yeah. So we moved a lot. And then also, I ended up being in boarding school as well. So I went to boarding school down in Dorset in the UK, nice. of all the places. <laughs> I would do the draw, but nah, I won't attempt yeah. <laughs> to do the, <laughs> the countryside kind of <laughs> accent. But I went to a a boarding school, and that was really, you know, intense for me to experience because in actual fact, I went to international schools, so I was very much exposed to a lot of, like, different cultures, which really helped me immerse myself and feel comfortable with, you know, different cultures, moving country to country. And then, bam, I went to the most, you know, English (laughs) school, which was kind of like a reverse culture shock to me when I went to when I went to boarding school because I've never really been experienced to that and remembering going back to my father's roots like we were very we came from humble beginnings and so going to boarding school is oh my god this is a bit too much you know Um, because I was very much exposed to different um, you know types of people there (laughs) let's see. And and what I'm referring to is like the, you know, well-to-do kind of exposure. And then, so when I went to boarding school, actually, you know, typical Asian dad, even throughout the time that I was uh, moving country to country, he just, you know, back then he, he just didn't really think, you know, children would understand what is going on. And maybe they didn't, you know, but it's always good to communicate that to the kid anyways right so for Asian dad you know and mom were like just traveling and didn't really communicate that to me when I was dropped off at boarding school I didn't have any clue what was happening I was just dropped off at school And then I didn't know what happened then, so I mean a lot had happened uh, during my boarding school days. Like it was very um, interesting period of time where I had to, you know, f- defend for myself so bullying is a huge thing in boarding school especially or in any school really and that was my first time being exposed to so many you know English people because <laughs> I was very you know exposed to international cultures and also because my parents came from you know Asia like Chinese culture that was my what my, what I was surrounded with yeah.
0: right yeah.
1: So, yeah, that was my first time that I was aware that, oh, actually, I am potentially quite different, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, yeah, but I never felt a certain way and you know, you know, but um, at the same time, it was interesting to navigate and be exposed to like, um, quite, different culture which was very outspoken and whereas I was quite reserved so that was a huge learning curve as well for me when I was in boarding school and afterwards when I did my GCSEs I changed school to a more international boarding school up in Hertfordshire and when I was there yeah there were certain you know things that kind of made me feel a bit lost along the way emotional and you know I experienced also sexual abuse as well throughout my youth um, and especially in boarding school so yeah and it, it has been quite a journey going back to feeling lost I thought you know like I, I forgot my purpose of you know serving people because of all the traumatic events that actually has happened had happened in the past and I mean when I went through my corporate corporate my corporate um, work corporate career I actually I wanted to do something purposeful but in the end I ended up in Singapore and I just really wanted to stay in Singapore so I did a stint in like banking and um, it's been it had been 10 years um, but consistently experiencing burnout, panic, and and anxiety attacks, and that was what if why why I ended up you know going into my own inner healing journey and discovering who I am afterwards because there was everything happens in threes so. What happened was a lot of the time I was trying to find something external outside of me to fill in that void that I didn't know how to fill. And so there was one moment in my career, in my 10 year corporate career in banking and HR and etc., That I just had a tipping point I was dating someone at that point of time, and it was not really working out very well, we were together for quite a long time. But it was then that everything was crumbling like three everything happens in threes for me I don't know about you, but threes, so my. Anxiety attacks, burnout got really bad. My health was deteriorating. And then afterwards, you know, because of that, you know, my relationship wasn't working. And on top of that, career-wise, because of my health, I had to just leave the corporate world. And I had an agreement with my bosses then to just, you know, call it quits. So that's when that was the tipping point of my uh, journey to really understand, okay, I need to do something different then because I kept on burning out, right? And yeah, so I dived in and I ended up in a coaching program. And one thing kind of led to another and people slowly noticed that uh, there was some shifts and that's why people started to come to me to receive support. And that's how I became who I am today. And it's been very deep, you know, like just knowing who I am and reframing of and rewiring my mind because exactly what my clients have been come to me for. It's what I was before as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, yeah and um it was an eye opener to to really realize actually what was going on all the generational trauma that had been been passed down to me from my my parents and their parents etc and it's no fault of anybody really because you know trauma you have to create a, an awareness around it you know and i I really wondered okay like why is why are things the way they are like why is it that I'm struggling at work and I can't really you know you know have a healthy body right now and and it's so interesting because trauma gets trapped inside your body and over a period of time you know it accumulates inside your body and that's when Um, I realized that your body actually keeps the score. And um, that's pretty much what I did in the past many years to actually heal my body, to clear the trauma that has been passed down from whether it's cultural trauma or even like generational trauma or just trauma in general. That's something that I've been focusing on. Yeah. And wow. helping others as well, especially my, cult, you know, Asian cultures as well, but not limited to. Yeah.
0: Wow. You have been, yeah, you've definitely been through a lot. So thank you for sharing your journey and that yeah. you're healing as well, because a, a part of your journey when you've gone through trauma is that you receive healing. So what I, I want to skirt over that you mentioned that you've had sexual trauma as well because I mean, someone may have, be listening or just recently or in the past experienced that. Yeah. I want to touch on that just to make sure that we've covered it because it's, it's quite a, a a difficult thing to go through. I know that it was me and you've maybe healed from that. Can you just explain how you healed and what, if anyone's listening and they need to know what to do, what advice you would give them just on that particular point, just so we, we don't skirt over it?
1: Yeah, it it goes very, very deep, actually, and it just take one step at a time, you know, because when that actually happens to you, everybody has their different responses to that particular event, but I can only share about my experience as well. So for me, I really had to forgive myself because it really felt as if it was my fault. And it felt as if, yeah, I did this and I provoked it and I did, you know, this is why, because this is why it happened to me, you know? But it wasn't, it took me a long time to really also accept my body as well, you know? So it's just being very gentle with yourself, right? And slowly accepting, you know, yourself as well like your body being comfortable and really going deep into the inner work of forgiveness and it goes it it takes a lot right because I I actually forgave this is like a family member actually that abused me so I I actually got to a point where I forgave that person and it takes a lot to do that and it it, but i want to say that forgiveness is not for the person that person that did it to you right it's actually to to let go of the emotions that you're holding within yourself it's really forgiveness is really about you and it's for you right because when you're holding on to that event what you're doing is you're actually hurting yourself because the only person that feels it is you. And so it really takes a lot to get to that stage. and don't feel that, you know, you're not at that stage yet or you should be at that stage. There's no shoulds. It's just a slow process of forgiveness and a slow process of healing as well.
0: Yeah. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And anyone that's listening who's experienced it or experienced it, we'll we'll put some links down below that you can connect to, you know, do get help, don't do anything alone. And like you said, Sophie, definitely remember that this is, you know, take each step as it can, be kind to yourself and forgive, not even the person, but like you said, you forgave yourself as well, which
1: is
0: that that that's in that is yeah thank you very much for sharing that
1: yeah um, you're right as well you don't necessarily have to forgive the person but the main person that you need to forgive is yourself yeah.
0: wow well, yeah forgive yourself that's a lot of trauma you've been <laughs> on a journey
1: I think everyone has their own journeys as well so yeah yeah
0: I think we do have a lot of a, we do have a we do have a journey. Some people do generally go through a lot more than others. You are one of those people. And what happens is that you have built resilience, you have built your own version of success, and you've shone shone, despite being in such dark spaces, you've continued to shine. And a lot of people would struggle where you haven't. And that's what people need. So, So we can end, I would say, is there five key steps or five Five or even three—that's because you said three is your number. Can you give me three, three keys to success for anyone listening that they can use to help them be trauma informed and create a life they deserve?
1: Yeah, first and foremost is like going back to what we spoke about is what does success look like to you what does it feel like to you does it really bring joy to you and you know be gentle with yourself as well right like with it because a lot of people they will have certain expectations like i'm not there yet but where is there you know (laughs) I don't know where there is (laughs) so it's just being in the moment Enjoying that moment and really appreciating where you are. And, you know, are you feeling happy? You know, are you content? And if you're not, change it, right? That's okay because you can change it. Yeah. And second of all, is I mean, I don't know whether that's two or whatever it is. <laughs> it's okay. um, second of all, is really, you know, there's, uh, and, it's not because I'm I am a trauma informed you know coach, but to get professional help, right? Whether or not you know wherever you are in the journey is really going to support you with your mental and emotional well being. It in the past, right? You know, it, it was seen as a secret or you know something to hide. You know that seeking out for professional help meant that you're not normal right Mm. there's like a stigma and there is still a stigma around it in Asia to a certain degree but there's actually nothing wrong with it it's just to be able to understand yourself and whether you do it with a professional I would recommend that but to be able to understand yourself for yourself right that is the definition of success to me because once you know who you are the world is your oyster because you will know exactly what brings you joy what you know lights you up and you know you would be able to have deeper human connections as well with others because then that's when you show up authentically as you and that's when people uh of like-minded you know people will be attracted to you and you know you'll be able to create those deeper human connections and third of all is do not be afraid to speak up of what you need and what you you want in your life and don't be afraid of receiving help and you know having that support supportive community if you don't have one, just build one, you know? I know that through my journey, a lot of my friends have evolved over the period of time because, of, because I have evolved and I have changed. And so <clears throat> having that support network is what will make you thrive. And I like this, uh, I think it's an African proverb, Um, if you want to go alone so if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far far, go together and that is my I preach this like all the time because I know that my women you know like that come to me they've been so they're highly driven they're highly successful individuals but they also feel as if they've got the world on their shoulders you know and that they're juggling thousand and one things and i want to tell them that you know take care of you and have that community and if you want seek out for professional support as well there's nothing wrong with it it's actually quite sexy to to do that i feel (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh wow this is this has been this has been awesome 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 yeah Sophie please tell us where we can find you and we we didn't say your full name Sophie Lung
1: yeah so you can actually find me on Instagram or LinkedIn so my LinkedIn you can put www.linkedin.com forward slash forward slash sophie s-o-p-h-i-e Liang l-e-u-n-g and that's where you can add me on there or you can find me on instagram which my instagram handle is sophie leung co so it's s-o-p-h-i-e l-e-u-n-g-c-o yeah and okay. i'm sure you'll put the links yeah
0: So we're going to put all the links down below so please do connect my favorite my favorite one will be linkedin so i'll be following you everywhere on on all the platforms but my favorite one where i spend most of my time as you know is linkedin and i i just want to say a huge thank you because not only have you kind of opened my eyes to what trauma i've personally gone through i you know if i could sit there and go through all my trauma that i've been through but then how it kind of may have shown up in my adult life as well. And then what I don't want to put on to my own children and their children, if I can be that cycle breaker now, I want to be that, I want to be that person to break any anything else that has been going through generations in my in my in my ancestors or, or otherwise so I want to say thank you because you've put me on the journey I'm going to follow what you're posting on your socials Aww. and continue to connect with you and learn more about trauma and if you're listening today and you want to continue to know and learn more because I think we've opened up this is probably the longest podcast I've recorded i <laughs> was going to put it in two parts and actually I feel like we're going to keep it as one big long one as a special edition yeah keep it as a long edition because it's so it's it's deep isn't it and yeah, it you, more, you know yeah it is it's deep trauma is deep so if you want more you're gonna have to follow Sophie to find out more oh, and thank you <laughs> yeah, of course and continue to shine and just remember so thank you Sophie and just remember to listen out for the next po- podcast remember to yeah. like share follow put your notifications on Comment on wherever it is because the more that we get that, the more we can bring this out to you and have amazing, 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 amazing guests as Sophie, as Sophie, who's come on today. Thank you. Last word, Sophie, before we.